we're closing out our series on giving thanks, and um, I hopefully hopefully everyone has an outline. If you didn't get an outline, raise your hand, and Usher will get one to you. And I've titled this sermon this morning, Abundant Thanksgiving, A Lifestyle of Thanks. Everybody say, A Lifestyle of Thanks. A Lifestyle of Thanks. Because that's what it should be. We should have a lifestyle of giving thanks. It shouldn't just be that we're prompted to give thanks at Thanksgiving. It shouldn't just be that we're prompted to give thanks when our mom or dad say, come on, say thank you. It should come automatically from our heart, from our spirit, right? That we should give thanks. So our scripture verse, which we have been reading and, and observing every Sunday this in this series, states that in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you and you and you and everybody here, including me. That's God's will, that we be thankful in all things. Everybody say, all things. So this morning, I will ask you to stand with me as we read from God's word. How many know we should give honor to God's word? Amen. Amen. So. Luke chapter 17, if you have it on your outline, you can uh, read it from your outline, or if you have your Bible, electronic device, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, I want to read to you the story where Jesus heals 10 men with leprosy. Now, verse 11, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we again thank you for your eternal word. Your word is truthful. It's filled with life and power. And this morning, I pray that each of us would open our hearts to receive your word. I pray for anointing and boldness to declare it. And Lord, that your word would touch each and every person here today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Look at your neighbor before you're seated and say, I'm thankful. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, God is good, isn't he? And all the time he is good. Amen. And you know what? When when you read this story, when you hear this story, how many have never read that story before? Okay, so some of us need to get in our Bible a little bit more, right? I'm just teasing Gregory. But we've, we've heard that story, you know, and we think, man, Jesus healed them, and they didn't even all go back to thank him? What's wrong with that picture? What's up? What's going on? So this is what I want to, I want to talk to you about that for the next few minutes. And, um, you know, I mentioned to you about pet peeves of mine. I'm sure each of you, if I were to poll you, if I were to ask you, have your own pet peeves of things that, that bother you, maybe things that people aren't thankful for. But that just goes to say that, 
all of us fall short of that, right? The connection question was, have you ever forgotten to say thank you to somebody? Well, guess what? All of us have at some point or another. We all forget. It may not be intentional, but we might go, oh man, I forgot to say thank you to that person for that wonderful gift they gave me, or even your boss for letting you go home early on a Friday, right? Say thank you. So we've all done that, but a little thanks goes a long way. How many know that? A little thanks goes a long way. But now, going back into this text that we just read, I want to talk to you about the serious implications that are transpiring here. It's really crazy what you, what's going on here. And number one, the first point I want to talk to you about is the give thanks even if you're in difficult circumstances. Everybody say difficult circumstances. Difficult. See, there may be a period of time when your marriage not, may not be going well. They may, there may be a period of time when you do not look forward to going to that job tomorrow on Monday morning. There may be a period of time where there may be issues at home with, with certain people, with certain individuals, not just your spouse, your kids, your, your in-laws, your outlaws, whatever. There may be situations like that. But the bottom line is this. God says, give thanks in what? In all things. In all things. And what we learn from these lepers, these ten lepers, they had a faith, didn't they? They had a faith. They came up to Jesus. Here they had leprosy, and we're going to talk about that. But this was a supernatural faith. How many know this morning that each of you have a measure of faith? Each of you have a faith. But then there's this thing called a supernatural faith. You hear these testimonies sometimes of amazing things that take place. That's a supernatural faith that I'm talking about. So these ten men who had this supernatural faith, let me just share what this this disease, this leprosy looked like. It was the worst disease of their day. The physical ramifications were horrendous because leprosy attacks the body. It leaves sores, missing fingers, missing toes, damaged limbs. In many cases, the initial pain of leprosy gives way to something more terrible than that. A loss of sensation in your nerve endings so they couldn't feel, they couldn't touch, leading to more damage to more body parts. This disease could take up to 30 years to take its toll. So this person could possibly suffer for up to 30 years in that condition. In that time span, entire limbs can simply fall off their body. Are you thankful today? Yes. Amen. It was a most horrible and horrific disease. We can't fathom what it was like 2,000 years ago with the medical attention they had then, as opposed to what we have now. We can't even imagine what they had to endure. Let me share this story with you. There's a a Christian author, this female named Beth Moore. Uh, In her book that she writes, Jesus the One and Only, she tells of an occasion she had to be near a modern-day leper colony. They still exist today, okay? And something within her had always wanted to minister to lepers. Okay, so here, check this out. Her trip overseas had given her the first opportunity to be be near such a place. She walked by the entrance three times. She's walking by. And she saw those who were suffering. She physically saw them with her own eyes. 
she begged herself for a chance to go inside, but she couldn't. She couldn't. You know why? The reason why? The smell overwhelmed her. It was the smell. She wasn't prepared for that. She was not prepared for what she was smelling. See, she could easily see it with her eyes, but when she sm- it just it just overtook her. And so she couldn't bear the thought of going in there and witnessing to them about the Lord and then vomiting and getting ill right in front of them. Because they already felt bad enough, these people with this disease. Imagine her going in there and then her getting sick. They're... This is going to make them feel that much worse, is what she was thinking. So she couldn't go in there. She never made it in there. In her book, she writes this. She couldn't. The trip passed, and she was not able to go inside. So we have a small idea of how it must have been during the time of Jesus. See, these lepers had to live in a, in a special place. They were cast out of society. They were no longer to be part of their family. They could no longer touch their spouse, their children, their grandchildren. They couldn't touch anybody. Everywhere they went, they had to yell, unclean. They had to put a, a garment around their mouth, around their face, and they had to be in an unkempt uh, uh, um, um, outfit, basically, so that people would recognize who they were. But everywhere they came upon people, they were to say, unclean, unclean, so stay away. You knew who they were. Lep- Has anybody here ever seen a leper? Okay, you've seen them, so you know what I'm talking about then. This was a, a terrible disease during the time of, of Christ. It was... It wasn't just the grotesque damage or the attack to our sight. It was the smell. Have you ever been in a place where a smell just overcomes you? You can't be in that. You have to walk out. I'm real sensitive. See, God blessed me with with, uh, this nice little nose that I have. And I am so sensitive to these things called smells. It just, I was terrible at cleaning my own kids' diapers. Okay, that's sad. That's sad. I'll just admit it right now. It was terrible. They would just choke me up and I couldn't handle it handle that. That was terrible. So I'm really sensitive to that kind of stuff. I can so relate to this story. And the emotional pain of the leper, can you imagine? It must have just been horrendous to not ever be able to go back and see your family, not have physical touch. Let me tell you one thing, church, today. Every one of us desire, crave, and we need physical touch. Every one of us. I don't care who you are. How many walls you have up around you, how hard you were or how hard you are, you all need touch. And these people couldn't have it. None removed from society as outcasts. His wife would not be allowed to kiss him goodbye. His family couldn't touch him for fear that they would become afflicted. This person, again, with his disease, had to wear torn clothes as a sign to others that they were infected. They had to grow their hair long and unkempt because no one wanted to touch them. No one wanted to be near them. We can't imagine what it felt like to have been removed from friends and family like that. You know, we can imagine what it's like to be away on a vacation somewhere for 10 days, 7 days away from your family, maybe a month, but to be permanently removed from your loved ones, no one here can relate to that with a disease like that. But let me go back to verse 14 because here's the key to understanding this. Do you have the scripture up there, Raquel? Do you have it on the... 
If you go back to verse 14, when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were what? Glenn. As they went. See, this is the first place and really the only place that Jesus didn't heal instantaneously. See, in all the other accounts of the Bible, he healed instantly. He touched them and they were healed. Here, they weren't healed yet. They had to walk their faith out. Check that out. Don't lose sight of that. They had to walk their faith out. In Matthew, I believe it's chapter 4, Jesus heals another leper. A a leper comes up to him and says, have mercy on me. And Jesus touched him and grabbed him and healed him and said, your faith has made you whole, right? Remember that account in Matthew. Here in this one, he didn't touch him yet. He just says, go and show yourselves to the priests. It says, um, your faith has made you whole. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself here. But going back to verse 14, the wording here where it says, and as they went, they were cleansed. The Greek language, which is made up of the New Testament, uses the preposition in, which can mean in, when, while, and during. Literally what I'm saying is, in the going, they were cleansed. In the action, they were cleansed. They had to do their part. Jesus spoke, and they had to do their part to be cleansed. Are you getting that connection here? We have to do our part, people. We have to do our part. And that's what they were doing here. The word cleansed signifies action at a single point of time, rather than action over a period of time. See, Jesus heals different ways. He can heal you instantly. How many know that? He can heal you instantly. He can also heal you over a period of time. Jesus can do that. Amen? But there came a point as they began to obey Jesus that their healing took place all of a sudden. So here's the ten lepers. They're walking away from Jesus to go show themselves to the priests because the custom was they had to go show themselves to the priests and the priests would declare them clean. And so they were going and all of a sudden they're going and they look down and that mangled limb is now looking 100%. Those arms, those, those fingers are now back to the way they were created to be. I mean, can you imagine? I'm getting Holy Ghost bumps just thinking about that right now. God is good, isn't He? Yes. And He restores everything better than before. So here, they were believing Jesus for this healing. But just think of what would have happened if they hadn't. If they had disbelieved Jesus and laughed at him and said, Yeah, right, you're going to heal me? Yeah, look at me. And you want me to go back to the high priest? But yet, if we're not careful, how many of us do that? Lord, I prayed. I'm still in the same condition. Lord, I prayed. I still hurt. Well... Check this out right here. What did they do? They began to walk in faith. They began to re- they received that and they began to walk it out. They began to walk it out and God blessed them. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that here. Here, even though we talk about someone who believes, believing by itself doesn't exist. Belief by itself doesn't exist. Faith is exhibited in what we actually do. If I tell my wife, Anna, I love her, but if I don't back it up with actions, what does that make me? A liar. It just makes me a liar. I'll talk, no action. There's a scripture in the book of James, all of you are familiar with it. Faith without works is what? 
is dead. Is dead. Everybody say dead. dead. That's in James chapter 2 and verse 17. The faith is, exa- is exhibited in what we actually do. It's what we do that determines the, the healing that's going to take place. The blessing that we're going to receive. It's what we do, not just standing there and saying, oh, I don't know about that, Lord. I don't know about that. As Jesus' brother James says, faith without works is dead. Which leads to our second point. Be thankful in the work of God's goodness. See, this kind of thankfulness is worship. Did you know that when you're thankful, you're worshiping God? You're really bringing worship to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. See, only one of the nine came back to Jesus and praised God. Only one. He was thankful, and he was public about it. And here's the great, or one of the wonderful things about it. He wasn't shy at all, was he? The Bible says he was loud, and he began to give thanks to the Lord. And here's the other thing. He was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. Now, the Samaritans, they were really, they they had the same faith as the Jewish people. But back in 722, the Assyrians had come in and intermixed with the Jewish people and the culture. And then when the Jewish people came back to Jerusalem, see at this point they were outcast, they were thrown away from Jerusalem. And when the Jewish people came back, they viewed these Samaritans as half-breeds, as outcasts. They didn't view them as part of their brothers or sisters. And so they viewed them as, as just dogs. And so that's what this one man that came back, he was a Samaritan. And the others were apparently Jewish people. Yet Jesus gave a blessing to this one. See, he was showing them at that time, you don't need to be a Jew to receive a blessing. It doesn't matter what part of life you come from. It doesn't matter how far you've sunk. It doesn't matter what side of the railroad tracks you're from. It doesn't matter. I will still pour favor into your life. That's what Jesus was saying. Amen? And, and so the big difference between the Samaritans and Jews were that the Jews worshipped in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, which is where I was at two years ago when I went to Israel. And the golden dome, the mosque that you see in all the pictures of Jerusalem, that's actually on Mount Moriah. That's where Abraham went to sacrifice his son Isaac. And that's where the Jews worshipped God, right there on that mount. I was there and it was awesome to just be there in that presence. And, and the the Samaritans and said they worshiped on their mountain of Gerizim. It was outside of Jerusalem. And so that was another reason why the Jewish people did not see eye to eye with the Samaritans. But again, this Samaritan was loud because he was extremely grateful. And here's what I want to share with you. Why do you think he was loud? This is why. I really truly believe this with all my heart. I believe that the size of your praise and worship to God is tantamount to the hell that He saved you from. Amen? How many know that? How many know that? The size of your worship and praise is tantamount to the size of the hell that that He saved you out of. You ever wonder why my brother Gregory and others tend to be a little bit louder? 
You know why? I know why, Gregory. I know why. Because of the hell He saved us from. Amen? Because of what He's done in our life and what He's doing in our life. See, He's not done yet. He's only working on us. He's just starting to work on us. So I want you to know that, that we should be loud. We should be boisterous. If anybody should be loud, it should be you and I. As born-again believers, we should be loud for the Lord. Amen? How many of us... Later on today, we can go and and shop for the Raiders. We can go shop for the Niners, right? We can be loud and boisterous. But when it comes to church, well, we got to tone it down a little bit, you know. Let's let's not mix our priorities. If we can be loud for the Niners and Raiders, we can be loud for Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. So when the leper came back, he fell at the feet of Jesus. He recognized who Jesus was. He healed him. And going back to our question of, of, have you ever forgotten to say thank you to somebody? Well, this leper didn't. This leper didn't. The Samaritan didn't. He was louder than the normal person. He was praising God of what the Lord had saved him from. See, when you're when you've been saved from much, you have much to be thankful for. And I've seen that over and over in my life. I see the people that are louder than all the others. You know why? Because they've been saved from much. And they know it. And they've gone back to their Lord and said, Lord, thank you. And and I understand there's some of us are, are not loud. Some of us are more reserved. That's fine. God made us all different. But yet we're all to give the Lord praise. Amen. We're all to be thankful. So make sure we don't lose sight of that as well. Which leads me to point number three. Make sure your thankfulness leads to action. Make sure your thankfulness leads to action. Again, that one leper, he he made it happen. His action was he came back to say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing me. He bent down. And the Bible says that he threw himself at Jesus' feet. Now, Jesus didn't draw back and say, oh man, you got cooties, stay away from me. No, he didn't say that. He stood there because he knew that man had been healed. Jesus wasn't afraid of that man. He threw himself at the feet of Jesus in utter humility. Have you ever done that in prayer? Have you ever done that when you're by yourself? Just knelt down, throw yourself down on your knees before Christ, before the Lord, in utter humility of who he is? Amen. Amen. See, Jesus doesn't recoil from that. He doesn't go, oh, I don't know about that. You haven't been going to church. Your life's not right. No, see, thank God he's not like that. Amen. Right. See, we're all imperfect people living in an imperfect world. God wants you just as you are. He wants you just as you are today. And he's working on you one day at a time. Amen. Amen. Working on you one day at a time. You know, one of the things I did when I became a licensed minister just a couple of years ago, uh, how many of you know I wasn't raised in this? I wasn't a minister. Uh, I wasn't raised in a... I'm not a PK, preacher's kid. But a couple years ago when I got my license, I actually had to go through an interview process. And I was interviewed by five gentlemen. Uh, it's a board of our Northern California district, uh, the Pentecostal Church of God. And so they interview both me and my wife and ask us a bunch of questions as well as you have to fill out questionnaires. They do background check on you. I mean, the whole bit, right? And so... 
um, we went through this process at the end. They approved us as ministers. Uh, we got our license soon thereafter. And what I did was I wrote a thank you letter to each one of those men. I believe it was five men on this board. And I wrote a thank you letter to each one of them. Well, later I, I heard, and that was, to me, that was just the normal thing to do, right? And later I heard from Pastor Steve that, Nobody had ever done that in the district. Nobody had ever thanked them. I'm going like, well, why not? It was just a natural thought to me to thank them. So I don't say that just to, to brag about it. I just say that that I was thankful. I was, um, I was, uh, I was humbled at the privilege to be your pastor here and to be licensed. And I felt it was just my obligation to give thanks to them for approving us, for laying hands on us and praying for us, for giving us the charge to be pastors here. So I thanked them for that. And I would do it again. Uh, 99 times out of 99, 100 times out of 100, I would do it again. And I say that so that if that arises for you, Take the time to say thank you. Be different. Be different. Amen? The world doesn't give thanks. How many have figured that out? The world is not filled with people that are thankful. We live with an attitude of ungratitude. Tomorrow when you go to work, you're going to work next to people that are ungrateful. I mean, we live in the society of Thanksgiving on Thursday and Black Friday, Friday, we go spend all the things that we don't have, acquire all the things that we don't have because we're so materialistic, right? How crazy is that? That's the society we live in. Christ doesn't want you to be caught up in that consumerism. Yeah, He wants to bless you. If you can, if you can afford that and not go into debt, great. You know, God bless you. But don't get so caught up in that spirit of consumerism that it takes you over and that you can't wait for Cyber Monday, you know. Hopefully you do, good, get, do get good deals if you're going to do that. But don't be consumed by that. Don't be consumed by that. And I wear a size large, by the way. Anyways... <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. So again, what kind of action is God looking from you? The leper came back and gave thanks to our Lord. Amen? Amen. Right at his feet. He recognized where he needed to give thanks. But what kind of action is, is God looking from you? Is there something maybe that you should be doing or should have done? I pray that God's Holy Spirit would urge you to take that step if you haven't already. Has the Lord been tugging at you for some step of faith? Is there a family or friend or even a stranger in need of help this holiday season? Maybe the Lord's tugging at your heart to help them. And this is where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say about my brother Wayne. He asked me to share this. The Lord gave him a dream just uh, in the past few days, the Lord gave him a dream that he was to help clothe homeless people. And so what he did was, he went out to the Goodwill store here in American Canyon, and he bought a bunch of coats. He bought all the coats they had. All the coats they had. And the majority of those coats on that table, well, those are all for homeless, but the majority he brought in this morning. I don't know if you knew that. But he wanted to share that because God spoke to him and said, you need to do your part. See, he's acting, and he took the action steps of buying them and now bringing them here. Now we're going to load up Sister Betty's car, and we're going to give those to Brother Ed because he wants to help pass those out and, and give them away. So God bless you, Wayne. And, and I pray, and let's give the Lord a hand clap for that. 
Because the Lord does speak to His people, amen? And, and that's just a, a, a small token, a small way of doing that. But if he had said, oh, forget it, it's too cold. I don't want to go outside, it's too cold. I don't want to spend that money. You know, he did that out of the goodness of his heart. How many of us, if we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, could do something, maybe something like that, maybe something different, but just let the Lord speak to you. How can you bless somebody this holiday season? Amen. Amen. Point number four on your outline, and I'm going quickly through these. But a lifestyle of thankfulness is a lifestyle of wellness, of goodness. Amen. Amen. We're saved physically and spiritually. This is what that one leper received. See, the one leper received an additional blessing that the other nine didn't. And here's what I'm going to tell you about that. In verse 19, if we can put it up on the screen, verse 19... It says, Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Or in the King James, it says, Your faith has made you whole. Let's check this out. The word whole is from the Greek sozo. Why is that important to you? Let me tell you. The word which is commonly translated to save, to save. Everybody say save. Save. Sozo in this context means to persevere, to rescue from natural dangers and afflictions, to save, to keep from harm, to rescue, specifically safe or free from disease. This passage hints that this one leper received more than the other nine. When you put your faith into action, you will receive more than that one person that just chooses to just believe by faith. When you put your faith into action, God is willing to pour out more blessing into your life. And that's what this leper received. He not only received healing, he received something deeper. See, what I believe he received is he received a salvation in that process. When he came, he knelt. He, he threw himself at the feet of Jesus. How many remember doing that? Amen? I remember doing that, throwing myself at the feet of Jesus. And I received salvation. And that's what this leper did. He received salvation at that moment. See, it's, it's a blessing to be physically healed. Many of us here will bring, will bring needs here. Pray for my sister, pray for my uncle, pray for my brother, and, and they're not saved. And here's the thing that I don't want you to lose sight of. It's great if God heals them, because God can heal the unbeliever. Don't ever forget that. God can heal the unbeliever. But it doesn't do them any earthly good if their soul is still going to hell. This man here not only became saved... He was physically healed and and became saved as well. So again, he had much reason to give thanks. They they all received healing, but this Samaritan received a deeper salvation in addition. His faith prompted him to go back to the feet of Jesus, throw himself at the feet of Jesus, and receive something further. Jesus tells him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Well, right there. It's, it saved him. See, the other nine didn't have that. Where are the other nine? Where are they? They're, they're missing in action. They're MIA. Don't let that be you. You don't want to be MIA. You don't want to be missing in action. And this morning in, in closing, I told you it was going to be a short 
short sermon here this morning, but when Paul described what would happen to a person who publicly professed Jesus as Lord and Savior, remember the account in Romans chapter 10? He used the same word sozo, the Greek word, to save. The same Greek word that Jesus used here, rise and go, your faith has made you well. It's that same word that Paul uses in Romans. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. saved. That's the word sozo. Same word Jesus uses here. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Sozo. The same word Jesus used. That one leper, that Samaritan, received salvation that day. See, he came back to give God thanks and God gave him another blessing, an abundant blessing. He said, here, I want you to walk in this new lifestyle of being saved now. How many are thankful for that lifestyle now that you can walk and say, I'm a child of the King. Wherever you go, not ashamed of it. Wherever you go, you can be loud. You can be boisterous. You can shout praises to God. Amen? Amen. And Jesus pronounced this complete healing, a healing that passes all other healings. This man, Jesus said, understood. He understood how to give thanks. He was thankful. Sometimes... It takes people outcasts from society that recognize truth. Did you know that? Sometimes people that grow up in the church, and I'm just, forgive me if you take this the wrong way, but sometimes people that are raised in the church take things for granted. And sometimes it takes somebody outside of that box to realize, oh no, i got to give God thanks. i got to come back and, and throw myself at the feet of Jesus. Amen? You see, the nine were saved physically, but not spiritually. Only that one was safe, uh, saved physically uh, and, uh, and spiritually. Only that one. Where are the other nine, Jesus asked. Where are the other nine? Don't be that person. God grant us that we will on occasion be thankful enough to be boisterous like my brother Gregory. Like my brother Ed, be boisterous. Lord, help us to just declare your praises and be thankful enough for all the things you do. Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? They had to live with that for the rest of their life. They probably left that day thinking healed. They showed themselves to the priest. They were declared cleansed according to Leviticus chapter 14. There's a process that they had to go through to be declared clean. And they probably thought in the the back of their mind, man, I should have gone back and said thank you. But they just said, "Ah, oh, well, it's too late. Don't be like those other nine, church. Don't be like those other nine. Be thankful today in all things. Amen? Amen.